0: Hi, everybody. Welcome back to the Shop Talk podcast brought to you by 124Go. I'm your co-host, Chris Souleme. And doing things a little bit differently today, you know, John and I love to occasionally take a look back on some of the great conversations that we've had and do a compilation episode. So that's what we chose to do this week. And it's a really great episode. You're going to hear in order of Gerard Scarpacey, founder of Hairbrained, Olivia Smalley, OMG Artistry on Instagram, Daniela Salome, my niece but a powerful YouTuber, Daniela Bonita on YouTube, uh, as well as on Instagram. Vivian McKinder, of course, an absolute legend and the sponsor of this episode. That's kind of awesome. Yup. So we haven't really kept you in the loop probably as well on that. So Vivian's relaunching and rebranding Hair Designer TV, which is a project of hers that she started 17 years ago. That's right. Online learning 17 years ago that has over a thousand videos on it and so you're gonna hear from Vivian today and you'll find an affiliate link down below in the show notes. From there you'll hear from Lindsay Young who is one of our most listened to fastest growing episodes where we talked about could this be the salon model of the future and Lindsay kind of shared her philosophy on owning a salon and how she's helping her team grow. Really great stuff from Lindsay. Stevie Carter, one of our growing hairstylists inside of the company. Um, John and I will pipe in a little bit as well, and then we'll finish the episode with uh, Wynn Claybaugh. And so some really great folks on there that we're joining today. Also, we probably haven't kept you up as well on some of the things that we have going on. So in May, we're having a four-day intensive workshop, again, for salon owners and managers. Hey, listen, if you've been thinking about how do I grow my salon? I just don't have the systems to do it. I just don't have the leadership to do it. Maybe the time. I don't really, you know, I just, I know I'm not reaching my potential as far as the salon goes. I know I'm not helping my stylists grow to their potential. We feel you, John and I work for a guy named Brian Perdue who grew from four stylists to over 120 stylists. He's shown us leadership John is obviously a master's of systems and profitability and that sort of thing. I've been helping growth stylists for pretty much my entire career. And we also get joined by our marketing director, Amber Burns, the Salam 124 Group. She, listen, has been able to, over years and years and years of experience, get our salons close to 140 new guests a month. That's each of the locations um, on average about that. So I know your salon's probably not getting that many. I'm sorry to say that. Um, she can help you with some of those marketing strategies. And we do all of that in four days of virtual education. It's freaking awesome. Listen, I don't want to do a long commercial about it. I just want to let you know that it's coming up. If you happen to be a Cune salon, Kuhn is one of our brand partners. They're our largest brand partner, actually, at Salon 124 Group, and they sponsor that program. And so you could use your Kuhn Loyalty Club dollars to pay for it. So anyway, listen, great episode today. It's short and sweet, but you're going to love what you hear. Thanks so much for listening, as always, and enjoy the episode.
1: Tell us about the birth of uh, Hairbrained.
2: Yeah, so I was working at Aveda, uh, running this advanced academy along with some other great people. Uh, and Randy was one of the team members, associates at Aveda. They call them Um And he was coming every week, showing up, contributing. You know, we started going out to get pizza and beer together. And he was also a very tech- techie guy. Uh, he was a photographer. He was, you know, he was a techie hairdresser before there was such a thing. I mean, now we see them, you know but he was a photographer he did like, you know, he, he knew how to do an Excel spreadsheet, you know, <laughs> all the things that I didn't know how to do. Um, and he was the first person to say, you know, hey, uh, there's this whole world of social media that's starting, you know, that this time it's MySpace and early days of Facebook, we're talking 2005, 2006. And he's like, you know, you seem to know everyone and have a lot of connections. If I could get us some kind of a platform, do you think, you know, Mm -hmm. You could get people to use it. And I I just kind of like, at that point, I didn't grasp it. I just thought, he's a nice Mm -hmm. guy. I'm happy to help and see what happens. Mm -hmm. But, you know, about a year in, when we had about 10,000 people using it, I said, okay, this is something that could really be major. Mm -hmm. That's Um, amazing, man. You know, I have really enjoyed, you know, as I was sitting here, you know, listening to you guys talk about me. (laughs) um, It made me think of, you know, one last little kind of soundbite that has always resonated for me. You know, people overestimate what they can do in a year and underestimate what they can do in 10 years. Yeah. Yeah, And I've just always been that way. I don't put out the five or 10 year plan, but I know the plan is to show up every day looking for opportunity, looking to create value and looking to, you know, be the most authentic person I can be. And if you do that over a long period of time in an industry like ours, it, it does. pay.
3: When I was probably 22 years old, I was the wedding girl in South Florida, right? I used to do hair and makeup for massive amounts. I would, I would go, I would do literally like four weddings a weekend. Mm-hmm. So I ended up starting an agency where basically I had girls work with me and OMG Artistry was doing weddings all over town, right? So mm-hmm. in four years, we did 400 weddings. Wow. I sold my soul mm-hmm. to, and I was working in the salon four days a week, mind you, mm-hmm. yeah. and answering emails, getting back to everybody, setting schedules, deposits, all that stuff, right? So it came, it, it, it dawned on me one day, and I think this is what kind of leads to that love your life situation, mm-hmm. um, is I would wake up in the morning and I would look at the the timer that was at 4.30 in the morning because I was getting ready. And I go, why am I doing this?
4: Mm-hmm.
3: I'm like, today's going to suck. Yeah. This is going to mm-hmm. suck. This is terrible. Oh my God, I got to drive to Miami. I got to wait in traffic. Like I was so negative. Mm-hmm. I was so yeah. negative. And then I was like, this isn't you. What's mm-hmm. wrong with you? You know, self-awareness, right? As yeah. we talk about. So I said to myself, I, and by the way, at this time, I was killing it. I had requests. I had, I had great amounts of income that was coming to me. And I said, you know what? I have to stop because number one, is it not fair to the bride that day on the most special day of her life? Like how selfish are you, Olivia? Mm -hmm. Um, all you're thinking about is money because you're like, Oh, I'll make a thousand here. I'll make 2000 here. Right. Because it's obviously amazing money. I go, Nope, I'm cutting it off. So I had to break the news to my husband.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Hey, honey, our standard of living is going to go down just a little bit. Yeah.
3: We had just bought a new house. Yeah. I looked him in the eyes and I said, baby, I have to cut this off. I have to stop. I'm not happy. You're not going to have a happy wife, right? Mm -hmm. And he goes, okay, do it. So what I did instead on that Saturday, Sunday, Monday is Mm -hmm. I was in my bathtub. I want you guys to scroll to the bottom of my Instagram page and look. (laughs) at my videos. I used to film videos and take photos in my bathtub. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yep. I had white Home Depot shade right behind me and a big sure. old window right in front of me. Right. But what ended up happening was I said, I'm going to commit to three days a week for three years. That's what I said.
4: Mm-hmm.
3: So if you go back, you're going to see a post like almost every other day. Mm-hmm. Okay because I wanted to see where this was going. So actually the first person that gave me a sponsorship opportunity was Carolyn, the CEO of It's a Mm 10. I did 32 videos for her because she started seeing my consistency online. Mm -hmm. She started to catch my vibe. She started Mm -hmm. to just love, and this was way before influencer marketing was even a thing. And the next thing you know, I'm getting sent to Miss USA because she found me, okay? Mm And mm-hmm. then I started to mm-hmm. notice these brand endorsements and and I was following makeup trends. Makeup.
4: Mm-hmm.
3: If you ever want to know what's next, go follow the makeup people cuz that's what's coming mm-hmm. for us.
0: Yeah. Right.
3: So, I guess where I'm leading on to this is the fear.
4: Yeah.
3: Right? What if I didn't do that? What if I it's a risk. High risk, high reward. And you know what? I was enjoying it. It was a part of my passion. I mm-hmm. loved doing tutorials on myself. I loved doing fun makeup on myself. And it ended up paying off. Mm-hmm. And if I would have been, if I would have had fear, I would mm-hmm. never, I would have never been in the same spot talking to you right now. <music> My first job was as soon as I finished hair school,
5: I was on Sunset Boulevard and I walked by the salon called Jeffrey Cara and I walked in and <laughs> I went to the front desk and I was terrified, terrified. Mm-hmm. And I was like, Hi, um, does someone need an assistant? And like <laughs> the guy comes out, the owner yeah. and he's terrifying. And he looks at me and he just walks away and I'm just <laughs> like, okay. And they're like, you need to sit down and wait. And I'm like, okay. So mm-hmm. I sat there, I think for an hour and a half. <laughs> wow. And then he came back and he sat in front of me with both his hands on his knees and he looked dead in my face and he goes, are you sure you want this? He's like, I hi- I fired the past three assistants I had. And I was like, I was so desperate. I was like, yes, I will do it. Uh-huh. So that was my first job.
4: <laughs> maybe I, we'd beep out his name or something. Yeah, maybe, I don't know.
5: Not Well, not in a bad way. It's just... Listen, it was it, intense. Yeah. they're dealing yeah. with celebrities. They're dealing with, like, they, we had celebrities come in all the time. Mm-hmm. After that, I worked with Kristen S., which was amazing. That's mm-hmm. another, like, high bar job that you have to be excellent. You have to expect to do it for yourself at first. Because I remember putting out videos and, like, my mom watched it. Thomas watched it. I watched it. That was about it. (laughs) So, you know, at first it's not going to be this explosive, um, you know, feedback. Like now I get thousands and thousands of comments. My Instagram is exploding all the time. I can't, I can't keep up with the amount people are trying to connect with me, but that didn't happen for probably four years. Like it was a very slow, steady burn to build and to grow. But I think I think people, especially in the hair industry, they don't understand how inspiring they are. Like Mm. I I think hairdressers are the best people on the planet. I truly believe that like, and not because I grew up in a stylist family, but like they're just the most caring, empathetic, sympathetic, just honest. They're just good people. And I think when you come from that perspective, like how how can I inspire and help people? but you need to do it your way. You can't be somebody else. And it is hard. Cause like, I remember starting YouTube and like watching other people's videos and like, I should be cooler. I should be more edgy. I should be more like, you know, like always super perfect and chic. And then I started realizing my favorite content that I loved watching was people with no music because music drives me crazy. That's why I keep jazz and I keep it very calm. And I liked watching people that were just very real and authentic and someone I could consider like, I know it sounds crazy, but like a friend. So that's kind of where I went with my videos. I don't want, and we've, we've already discussed this, like I don't wanna over edit my videos anymore. I don't wanna over, um, like I used to map out all the shots um, perfectly I used to map out the the text the script the this the that I don't want to do that anymore that's literally what him and I are transitioning to is this like I almost want to get like a steady cam and have this organic flow because mm-hmm. I just think me personally I love the more organic vibe as far as videos go but that's my style mm-hmm. so that's that's how I came into my
4: own um,
0: well, and that, and you know, I love that. And, but, but what you just said at the end, those last three words, I think are, I want them to land for people. You said, mm-hmm. that's my style. Mm-hmm. And and my belief is as a hairstylist.
6: I think of the Navy SEALs. If you ever heard what a Navy SEAL goes through, right. they break you down to build you up. Mm -hmm. And therefore, when you're built up, you are pretty strong Mm -hmm. and you um, have such tenacity and strength and endurance. Um, So, you know, that when you are there and this is the secret card, Mm -hmm. every door in the world will open to you if you are successful at Sassoon's at that period of time, because no one's doing what you're doing. Mm-hmm. So when you think about the thousands of offshoots that came from the Vidal Sassoon philosophy of cutting mm-hmm. hair,
7: how
6: right. uh, somebody somewhere went to Sassoon's who went to Sassoon's and da 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 da, yeah. It has yeah. influenced so many lives. So if you were, I was an artistic director there. So if you were an artistic director there, you became this incredible like demigod
0: mm-hmm. yeah.
6: because you had so much power Mm -hmm. And you had, the world was open to you. So I traveled the world. I did Mm -hmm. photo shoots. I did all these amazing things. But sometimes today we put the horse before, we don't put the horse in front of the car. We put the car in front of the horse and we say, I want this. But it was saying, no, 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 no. In order to get that, you Mm -hmm. have to have that discipline because if you don't have those skills, a problem will come along, a difficult client, whatever it may be. And Mm -hmm. you're going to fall down on your face because you don't have the skill set to endure but what's what's the
0: one thing maybe that you're the most proud of
6: well 17 years ago i started hair designer tv and it was a crazy idea because youtube didn't exist a phone was merely a phone Mm -hmm. i didn't take a photograph on a phone Um, and so i had this idea that while i was traveling the world doing what i was doing how could i help people when i wasn't physically there and so i came up with this idea that if i could create this virtual world where people could go and study from the comfort of their home, then surely their their growth would continue because you know, I just came back from Australia and it was like, oh gosh, so now what happens, right? Mm -hmm. And uh, so I thought, well, I'll create that. And it started off with these huge CDs and we were going to create this center where people would somehow get this information sent through this CD. It was just a crazy, crazy idea because (laughs) the internet wasn't what it was. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I learned in a, Um, I failed forward because there's you know there's there's incredible in business timing is so important you hear that word so often Mm -hmm. and when you're the first one out there the pioneer expect to get arrows in your back Mm -hmm. Um, and I went out there not knowing how to edit not knowing how to film not knowing how to be on camera not knowing any of, any of that stuff, the web mm-hmm. design, there weren't platforms like you can go to, to today, there are cookie kind of platforms you just plug into them. There was none of that. And I also didn't have the resources for it, but I had a burning desire to create it. And I came up with this idea to have this tablet. This is before the iPad. And I thought, if I could get the information onto this tablet, because headdresses don't like computers, but if they had a tablet and the tablet could sit on the station and then people would be able to see my education in there, maybe it would be good because VHSs were happening still. Yep. <laughs> DVDs were happening, right? And I'm thinking, no, that's so old. It has to be a way that's more usable. And so I found a company that did these strange little tablets, but it would only hold like 25 videos. And then the following year year steve job comes out with the ipad and i go oh my gosh that's <laughs> amazing <laughs> so i would say that head designer tv has been one of the most challenging businesses to run to learn it's taught me the most but i would like to 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 say it's been the most rewarding because it's, I, i've been able to help so many people around the world mm. have access and be able to um work on things that are broken down into such a simple way because intention and anything you do in life is powerful Mm -hmm. whether you exercise with intention whether you love with intention whatever you do with intention is so powerful so when you have an intentional plan around your learning and you say to yourself, I'm going to be a lifelong learner. That's an intention. I want to be better in 2021 than I was in 2020. That's intention. And when you have that clarity around that, then you're, you can measure your success. But what I started figuring
4: out was I could have all nine chairs filled. And they could each be bringing in, say, $500 a day. And at the end of a month, they're working or at the end of the week, five days a week, that's $22,500. Okay. That's great. But I've got girls wanting to be closer to a thousand dollars a day. And how am I going to do that? Mm -hmm. So I started looking at, well, what if I didn't fill all nine chairs? What if I have the six stylists I have and I hire three assistants? So I have an assistant for every two stylists. Mm -hmm. And with that, I'm like, they can easily do a $900 day with an assistant. Mm-hmm. So I broke that down and I'm like $900 a day, five days a week, that's $27,000. So I'm at a $4,500 advantage having mm-hmm. six stylists, then nine. Right. Yes, I have to pay for assistance. and so that does come out, but with the hourly rate, I'm still ahead. Yep. But not only that, I have six really happy stylists that are taking home really nice paychecks. Mm-hmm. Because at $900 days, they're taking home 100000 a year, just right. over.
0: I think one of the benefits, going back to that traveling educator piece, is you get to meet people that are doing things at a higher level than you may have heard of yet. Mm-hmm. And there's this you know, kind of ideology inside of the industry. And if you want to call it an industry standard or an average level of thinking, whatever you want to call it, that hitting $100,000 in, in chair money and take oh. in revenue and take in money is kind of the goal. And once you start to see out there and you meet more people like Lindsay and other, and other people out there, you go, oh no, we, we wanna get to the take home piece. Right. Most owners don't really, really own what you just said which is my job now is to mentor them and get to them to that point.
4: Well, you had said like where it kind of started and came from. And honestly, it was from my one stylist saying, I need to hit this number. Yeah. And, you know, as an owner, I'm like, if I don't help you get there, you're going to go elsewhere. Mm-hmm. Right. So yeah. either I can lose you because, you know, of this or I can keep you and like, and let's get you there. Like, let me help you. Yeah. And again, I feel like that's my job. So it's not like, oh, I can't do that. Uh, that's impossible. No, we're going to figure it out. Mm-hmm. Um, so honestly, it's, you need an assistant, Yeah. right? And it's like, but we're a commissioned salon. I can't get one person assistant and other people don't have the opportunity. And we only right. have so many chairs. I just knew that they'd all be really excited if I said to them, Every one of you is going to get to work with an assistant. Every one of you is going to get to start bringing home paychecks twice as big as you're used to.
0: Yeah. Tell me about how that has benefited the client experience.
4: Yeah. I mean, at first I was kind of worried because I hadn't really worked with an assistant a lot. I always did everything on my own. And I was really afraid that the client would feel like they weren't getting 100% of the attention from their stylist that they are paying. Um, But as I quickly realized, that's not the case. And I have a couple girls on my staff that have been assistants for a long period of time under other stylists and really understood the aspect of how that worked. But keeping the salon small... I think is giving it allows us to give a super personal touch to everybody who comes in. Mm-hmm. You know, we all greet them. We all say, hi, we all know their name because it's not been quite two years. So, you know, sometimes I might not recognize everybody, but I really, I get to as an owner have a hands-on approach with every person who goes in.
8: Well, I thought coming in initially, I would just be ready to go and completely confident and you know, no nerves whatsoever. And, to be honest, I was a nervous wreck. <laughs> I thought, do I belong here? You know, should I be in a salon? What am I doing? I forgot how to cut hair. And mm. I was extremely nervous. But, you know, a couple days, a couple weeks in, I would find myself settling into what I'm doing. Mm. Um, I was you see hair salons and things portrayed on TV and movies and it can be catty or sure. whatever. And I was afraid it might be like that. And it's not at all. I mm. feel like the women that I work with are like my sisters. Mm. I couldn't be happier there. Um, and another big thing that I've learned is that the front desk staff and the support staff are absolutely crucial to mm. getting anything done. Um, so, you know, just having appreciation for them as well. Mm-hmm. They they work super hard, and so I try to take good care of them and help them when I can. Right. Um, I think, especially in this company, it's such a teamwork kind of atmosphere, mm-hmm. which I love. Mm-hmm. And I didn't expect it to be like that, mm-hmm. and it is, so I'm happy.
1: Now, how long you been at Genesis now?
8: Uh, so August will be two years. All
1: right, so in less than two years, mm-hmm. right, year and a half, you're already level three. Yes. Tell us... What are the things that we need to know as a new stylist or as a stylist starting out in school that helped you progress so quickly? Because that's, you know, to be honest, 18 months, three levels, that's pretty dang quick.
8: Well, I will say one of the first things I did was get to know my coworkers, mm-hmm. build that relationship. Relationships are crucial because if you need advice, you need help, whatever, you need somebody to go to to ask questions. Mm-hmm. Fortunately, I I feel like I'm a people person. I enjoy building relationships, but it's essential to your success. Uh, so one of the first things I did I built relationships, and then I would ask advice. I would say, "Hi, you know, how did you get to be a level five? What is your advice for me?" And one of the women I work with, Michaela, actually, she told me work as much as possible, say yes to everything, Mm -hmm. just, you know, turn out the work. And so that's what I did. I would work five, six days a week for almost a year, nine, 10 hour days, say yes to everything, no matter how much you don't want to do it. Mm -hmm. Um, Because after a while, you'll see that payoff. If you're always available, Mm -hmm. meaning early in the morning to late in the evening, get those clients that can't come in to an appointment at 2 p.m. Stay late so you can get somebody after they get off work. Mm-hmm. Um, not everybody is able to just come in in the morning or on a weekend or whatever. So be that stylist that's available. Um, and I, I promise you, if you put in the work, it will pay off. You know, at this point, I don't have to work five and six days a week. I generally do four, nine to ten hour days, which mm-hmm. is my preference. I prefer to do it in yeah. long hours and a couple of days. Um but you have to work hard and and say yes. If the front desk needs you to take a client, say yes. If it's, you know, a bang trim. If it's whatever, say yes.
0: Mm-hmm. I was just gonna say bang trim in the words flat, like yeah. like people say no to bang trims. Mm-hmm. No, oh, say yes. A bang trim out front. Mm-hmm. Oh
8: no, I don't want to take them because you know what right. a bang trim does? It allows you to have face to face interaction. You put a client in your chair. Mm-hmm. You get to talk to them. You can talk about their hair needs, whatever. Mm-hmm. And before you know it, you might have them booked for a haircut or a hair color. Right. And it's off of a you know four second bang trim. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, for me, it's, I don't care how much I may not feel like doing Mm -hmm. something. It's, I know in the long run that it's going to pay off. Let's,
0: John, go back to the first few parts of the conversation and, and let's talk a little bit more about, you know, a stylist. And it really doesn't matter what level you're at. And it really doesn't matter how long you've been behind the chair. I think all of us have that some type of, I don't want to call it a yearning, but Mm -hmm. a question in our mind about, am I doing as much as I should be doing? And then the temptation Mm -hmm. is to set a really lofty goal that Mm -hmm. you can't hit in a timeline that you're trying to hit. And so I know that in this conversation, the stylist had some goals that they wanted to hit, and it felt like the timeline they were giving you was unrealistic.
1: Well, you talk a little about that? Yeah, that's the third part of that conversation. You know, I asked about goals, you know, what goals do you have? And, you know, one of the goals is, well, you know, I want to hit $100,000. Great goal. You know, how long do you, is it going to take you to do that? I think that's important. I think that's one of the things we forget to do is set timelines to our goals. Yeah. And, you know, so, you know, here's what I, you know, thought or what I knew is, well, how are you doing with that goal? I'm not doing so good. I'm not, you know, I'm not even halfway there yet. Mm -hmm. And it's like, oh, well, how do you feel? Well, I'm frustrated. And so here's here's the soup, right? The soup is I'm comparing myself to others. I'm not doing as well as I think they're doing. I feel bad. Uh, things have happened in my life, have made choices, whatever they are. I haven't given myself any grace for those. And then I set these goals that themselves aren't unrealistic, but... I've set these goals with no idea of a time frame or, a, you know, a, a, an action step to get there. I don't reach those goals, or it seems like it takes forever to get there, and I'm frustrated still. So we're basically setting ourselves up to be unhappy, grumpy, and frustrated. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, one of the things we talked about. Well, let's talk about those goals for a minute. You know, what would it look like if we set mile markers, is what would I like to call them. Yeah or or a goal post. And here's what I mean by that. And we'll talk deeper about this, but here's here's the the 30,000 foot view. If your goal is to get from 0 to $100,000, can you do that? The answer is yes, you can. I know you can. We see people do it all day long. Yeah. But if you don't have a plan, right? I'm just going to work hard. Yeah. Right? You're not going to know if you're doing well. You're not going to do if you're not doing well. You're not going to know if you're on schedule. You're not going to know if you're not on schedule. And what do we do? We automatically look to somebody else to see what they're doing, yeah. and make that comparison, right? Yeah. And so my my conversation to this um, stylist was, well, look, what if you know what would be a time frame? Five years. Okay. So you want to hit hundred thousand dollars in five years? Great. Here's what I would suggest. What if you set up mile markers? Well, what are those, John? What if at the end of one year you're $20,000 in sales. At the end of two years, 40. At the end of three years, 60. At the end of four years, 80. And you get the rest five years, you're at $100,000. So here's what all you have to do this year is you just have to hit $20,000 by the end of this year. That's, That's it. Don't worry about the 100. Just get to 20. When you get to 20, then we'll work to get to 40. When you get to 40, then we'll work to 60. What does that do? First of all, it gives you a, a manageable goal. I, I have to get from zero to $20,000 by the end of the year. Yeah. I can do that in six months. Of course you can. Right. Let's do it. Right. Right. Let's go for it. Let's plan. Don't plan for the hundred thousand plan for the 20. Yep. Right. When you hit 20, then you plan for the 40.
0: Yeah. I love and, that. And what happens, what starts to happen is, and I'm really glad you just said that, like mm-hmm. I could do it in six months because I don't want you sitting there judging the timelines that we're, that mm-hmm. we're sharing right now. The The point that John's making is have a timeline mm-hmm. because the reality is, is things do take time. We don't always like that they do. Right. But if you start towards that thing, like you said, with that stylist, if you start towards that thing and you set a goal that you know you can do in a timeline, you, you're probably going to be more apt to take really good actions mm-hmm. to get to that first level. And that's probably going to happen sooner than later if you really if you really start to work on it.
7: We have this philosophy of one size fits all. Mm-hmm. And what we mean by that is we don't care what your size is, what your color is, what mm-hmm. your religious political affiliation is. We don't care how old you are, how young you are. We don't care what your background is. We don't care. You know, every everybody belongs here. And mm-hmm. and that's not just a statement and a poster on the wall. We work hard for that. And so, you know, when I tell you my school owners have been through all kinds of trainings so that they understand um, life struggles that our students go through i mean Mm -hmm. because you guys know this that by the age of 19 20 years old sometimes they've already dealt with homelessness addiction Mm self-harm uh rape abuse all kinds of things and if we don't understand what what they have been through and 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 what their current life situation is like then i don't feel like we have the right to be taking their tuition dollars and Mm -hmm you know I don't I don't want to just take them in take their tuition dollars and say you know you know good luck so when they when they come in I want to make sure that they absolutely feel like they are loved that they are accepted that this is the place that they belong and so we have all kinds of uh, traditions just like a family has Mm-hmm. You know, traditions, you know, you grow up with traditions. This is why we're strong as a family. Mm-hmm. This is why we still love each other. This is how we celebrate as a family. Mm-hmm. This is how we acknowledge each other and how we respect each other as a family. And I grew mm-hmm. up in a family of eight kids. So we absolutely needed to have those traditions and those systems as a family unit uh, to make sure that we got along and that we were all healthy and happy. Well, the same thing applies for um running a, a business, running a, a salon, a school, any kind of a business. Mm-hmm. You know, when I started writing the book, Be Nice, it wasn't going to be a book. It was it was a system. It was, it was a system, a manual for our culture in our schools. That's what it was originally designed for. Mm-hmm. Uh, meaning, and, and in that book, I, well, talk about all kinds of things, you know, self-esteem. You have to be nice to yourself mm-hmm. before you can be nice out there. Uh, about the importance of giving back and, um, you know, systems for communication because, you know, if we're not communicating, I believe that when there's a challenge in the salon, it's not because you decided to become a jerk all of a sudden, Mm -hmm. it's because we're not communicating. And so communication was a a huge big part of how we trained people. Mm -hmm. Um, So all of that, eventually, uh, I had some friends that said, you know, this is good stuff. Why don't you turn this into a book? And then Larry King said, if you turn this into a book, I'd love to write the foreword for the book. And so awesome. that's how it came about. But the foundation of our schools is all of that stuff. It's the, it's the be nice culture. Yes, we're proud of our cutting and color curriculum and makeup curriculum. Mm-hmm. What we're really proud of is the culture.
5: Just remember that we're all creatives and you have something to teach people you have something to show people and just don't get in your own way that's one of my favorite quotes because I feel like I have done that my entire life has gotten in my own way it's no one else is stopping you it's you um so if you can just like visually push yourself out of the way (laughs) literally yeah and just start um there's no better time to start than now.
1: So let's do it. Vivian, you know, spending as much time on Hair Designer TV as I have, one of the things I love about your your program is you've thought about almost everything, right? If not everything. One of my other favorite series is a designer program. You know, tell us more about that.
6: The designer program is an aerial view of Hair Designer TV. I looked at the entire content of the thousand videos and I thought, if you had to pick the most important techniques and styles, which ones would you put into a new hire training program? So the designer program was designed for new hire, for new talent. But the funny thing is, I have had more senior stylists sign up for it saying, Viv, I never learned that in beauty school. I never learned that in my salon training. So as much as I designed it for young, I've decided it's for young at heart as well. And it's a journey from... Again, the study of face shape, the study of lifestyle, designing from the inside of the head before you get to the outside of the head. It's a study of dressing and finishing skills because you have to learn how to move hair before you remove hair and really understand shape, balance and proportion. Then we dive into a bit of inspiration. Then we dive into the fundamentals of cutting. Where do you stand? Body position angles, how do they function? How do you map a hairstyle to be in control? And how do you do one technique to get one result? How do you become more efficient? We go over the art of razor cutting with the fundamentals, and then we dive into about seven or eight bobs, We go into all the different types of layers from the longest layer to a pixie. And then we go into our graduation from our classic graduation to disconnected graduation. By the time you migrate through that, you truly are a designer because you understand all of the different techniques from finishing dress work. And it takes a basic haircut and it gives it that splash that excitement because you know how to move hair around, you know how to back comb hair, you know how to play with hair and make it really high fashion. So it's a wonderful fundamental course and it's an incredible journey.
0: Hmm. That sounds amazing. And you know, John and I are uh, educational junkies. You know, I could walk into the office on any given day and John's on an online course, you know, then I'll tell him I just purchased this course to learn how to use my camera better. And it seems that people that we meet that are high achievers tend to all have this commitment to a lifetime learning, you know, consistent education. And so it sounds a lot to me like you just painted a picture of what could be my next 12 to 24 to 36 months of continued education, that self-learning, that self-knowledge that really the whole world is touting about right now. So Vivian, I just want to applaud and say, you know, it couldn't be a better time for um the listener you who are listening to check out hair designer TV and go on that lifetime journey of mastery um you're seeing people on Instagram you're saying how do i create that look you know let's unpeel the mystery of mastery through checking out hair designer TV as you guys know we have an affiliate link below click your thumb up click the link and get yourself enrolled in a course today
1: Every time we have one of these conversations, I walk away with a little bit more than I knew before I came in. And I love that about these podcasts.
0: Yeah, it's amazing. Uh, we also walk away with a lot of gratitude to our listeners. You know, we, we, we're watching those listens go up. We, we hate to ask, but we know there's a few things we need to ask for. I don't hate asking,
1: not even a little bit. Hey,
0: for those of you who
1: haven't heard me ask before, five star reviews. You got the phone in your hand. It's down by your lap. I don't care where it is, but it's not that far away from you. Five-star reviews. You know you want to do it. You know you love this podcast. Share it with the world because every time you create a five-star review, an angel
0: gets his wings. <laughs> Did
4: you know that?
0: Yeah. And while that angel is getting his wings, it helps us move up. Um, you know, It helps us get more noticed in the podcast world help share the message and if you're really being served by this which we hope you are um you know we'd love for you to share that with some other salon owners the other thing we're going to ask you to do is to follow us on instagram at 124.go as well as facebook we're going to get more active on our facebook page and so if you're a facebooker then uh follow us on facebook at one two four go. and um if you're a grammar please tag us in your stories and we'll do the same in uh, hour. So thanks again for listening everybody. We will see you on the next episode. Bye.